how to properly conceive certain paraphernalia that accompanies the sannyasi order in our tradition. Since on one side we have the sannyas representatives, some relative situation in Marnashram, an internal position. Also, there are many relatives concerning sannyas in connection with preaching, adjustments according to Desha, Kala, Patra, etc. On the other side, we receive the Tridanda, which speaks about deep absorption and absorption in Seva, words, body, mind. And also the Gopi Mantra is there, which clearly speaks about Rajapakti and even more specifically considers in specific considerations inside there. So I don't know if I can elaborate on this, especially regarding the significance of the Gopi Mantra or the Gaudiya Sannyasis. I don't understand the question. Mm, I guess mostly how, how is the sannyasi, the sannyasi order in our tradition uh, represented and what are the differences between that and an ashram and the ashram qualities of sannyas versus what is acceptable for Gaudiya? Well, I'll try to answer. It's not a very clear question, but I'll say something uh, about the sannyas order. First of all, the sannyas order is typically a um, uh, let's say a very uh, sannyas. The word means to give up sannyas, to give up everything. So, in that sense, it is. Um, often related to the Gyan Marg, because in the Gyan Marg, one of the angas, one of the limbs of the body of that discipline is bairagya, overtly. Hmm? So it's very, let's say, prominent in that um, on that path in that in that tradition, and. In relation to Varnashram, the taking of the sannyas is thought to uh, be an act of transcendence of the Varnashram. Therefore, for example, the the uh, one of the famous uh, concluding verses of the Bhagavad Gita, Sarva Dharman Pratyajamamikam Saranam Brajes, often interpreted by the jnanis to be an advocacy of sannyas at which in the context of which varnashram is um, transcended hmm? so the yati the 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 the, 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 the renunciate the sannyas and is uh, above the Laws of uh, Dharma. Hmm. Now, at the same time, he may act according to them for the benefit of the people in general, relative to his, you know, station in life. And certainly, he's going to adopt hygienic principles and so on and so forth. But um, I mean, typically. Classically, the sannyasi leaves the society. He goes to the forest, right? Um, 
And uh, so, where's the Varnashram in the forest? That's a societal affair, so he's above, beyond the society. He's not involved with the society. So, it's kind of the, in one sense, like the culmination of the Varnashram, one takes sannyas and and uh, is no longer bound by such. And uh, from religious life, he enters into experiential spiritual life from karma. He goes to jnana. Mm-hmm. And jnana here means knowledge of the self. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's prominent in the in the Gyan Marg, and it's really, a, again, a, a transcending of the Varnashram. It's not about Varnashram. In one sense it is, and it's pointing in that direction. You have Dharma, you have Artha. These are concerns within Varnashram, worldly concerns. To be religious, virtuous, Dharma. Artha, to uh, protect oneself, to have some economy, uh, uh, livelihood, dharma, artha, kama, to go to the movies, to have sense, enjoyment, mm-hmm. dharma, artha, kama, and what's the fourth one? Moksha. What does that have to do with the other three? Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's 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 beyond them. Follow. Mm-hmm. So it's leaving that behind. So the sannyas is. Pramoksha. Hmm? And the sannyasin has the um, adhikar to withdraw from the society and not be drawn to the society by its uh, um, influences and, uh, um, and so forth. And to, therefore, he goes to the forest, away from it all, and so on and so forth. So, uh, it only is connected with Varnashram in that sense. It's not about Varnashram, sannyas. It's the uh, uh, the fourth there, goal of life. Dharmartha Kama deals with the religious, and moksha is beyond the religious um, domain, jurisdiction, concern. Mm-hmm. So that's one point. Then uh, that said, uh, there are. Uh, a, a number of uh, Vaishnav sannyasis in different uh, traditions. For example, uh, we find the sannyasis in the Madhva Sampradaya. You find them in the Ramanuja Sampradaya. Hmm. Um, so these are, are prominent examples. Ikaria Danda. I have certain. Uh, sectarian marks and so on and so forth and uh, um, of course in these in, in, in these traditions the ideal is Vaidhi Bhakti extending to the point of of Dwarka and uh, the love of the queens for Krishna that's not the majority of them to be sure they're um, more aimed at, at Vaikuntha and worship of Narayan, it's what you find in the Alwars, this kind of, uh, some of this influence. 
it can be taken in that way. So, at any rate, the Vaidhi, it's Vaidhi Marg. Um, these are Vaidhi Marg Sampradayas. But regardless, uh, they have uh, in a, a sannyas order. So, point being that uh, these are prominent, prominent traditions and great, great acharyas, each of whom, Madhva and Ramanuja, uh, were very successful in um, countering, based on the Upanishads and the Vedanta Sutra, the uh, monistic Dvaitavad uh, um, pleadings of, uh, of Shankar. Hmm? And uh, in the context of that, establishing this, the, the eternality of the personality of Godhead and so on and so forth, and the, the, the role of bhakti in relation to jnana and how it is the kind of the end of knowledge, if you will. Um, so they're powerful, powerful uh, uh, schools of Vedanta, and they're Vaishnavas and have sannyasis. So there's Vaishnav sannyas. So sannyas is not exclusive to the jnana marg. Mm-hmm. Now, when you come to the Gaudiya uh, Sampradaya, then we see that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyas. Hmm? He took sannyas, he accepted the sannyas order from Keshava Bharati, who was in the Advaita uh, lineage. Hmm? And of course, the idea there is that he recited the mantra to um, um, uh, uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, his sannyas guru? Keshava Bharati. Keshava Bharati, is this the mantra you're going to give me? And in asking him, he initiated him into the Vaishnav conception of the mantra, and Keshava Bharati had a, an epiphany and said yes, and then gave him the mantra. Of course, that's a beautiful Gaudiya story, and it makes a lot of sense, of course. Um, that's a Gaudiya Sensibility, and it's written up also in the uh, in the work of um, the Mahakavya of uh, Mari Gupta. Yeah, um, I think the story is, is told there. So, um, regardless, there were there were a number of uh, key. Um, Sannyasis in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's um, mission, Paramananda Puri, Keshava Bharati, uh, Brahmananda Bharati. I think they believe there were nine of them. Krishna's Kaviraj compares them to the to the roots of the metaphorical tree of love of God. The, the trunks are which of two are Advaita and Nityananda. The branches are the many many devotees. The fruits are love of God. The gardener is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he is the tree as well. Hmm? So, on something with the roots are the sannyasis. They are very heavy fellows um, and very uh, kind of how you'd read about it in, in, in the book, sannyasi, that would be arrested probably if he was seen on the streets today, walking around with a pot and a, you know, a deer skin, you know. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So they were very heavy uh, uh, renunciates, and uh, at the same time, of course, as an aside, they were frightened by the standards of sannyas 
exhibited by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who's only 25-year-old, 24-year-old lad. Hmm? Um, this is the personality of God showing the Aishvarya of Vairagya. And uh, it'd be hard to, uh, to match that. At any rate, they were, uh, many of them from, a number of them from Advaita lineages and so forth. But they came to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They were attracted to him. They became his followers um, and so forth. Um, we see some kind of uh, interaction between these sects that um, where there were discussions, there were conversions, there were crossovers, and so forth. And, and uh, it doesn't seem as if the the sectarian lines were as strong as, as they might be um, today. Um, you had to meet the people. <laughs> you had to talk to them. You could say, oh, they're my buddies, they're over there. They, you, know, you never see them, they're on the internet, that's all, or something. So... Um, but at any rate, there were uh, a number of them that came under Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's influence. And, um, and he himself uh, took sannyas. And the reason he took sannyas um, is that he himself was in a moment of spiritual madness hmm, and while he had started his, his toll, his school, his Sanskrit school, hmm, um, and had students in a moment of his madness where he was teaching every word means Krishna. Um, he fell into a trance and he was chanting gopi, gopi, gopi. So one student came to him and said, don't chant gopi, gopi, gopi. If you want to get piety, you should chant Krishna, 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 Krishna's name. You don't chant gopi, we chant Krishna if you want to become pious. So, uh, in one sense, that's a nam apara, to think that by chanting Krishna's name, it's like other sacrifices by which you can get material piety. Hmm? So that wasn't very pleasing for Mahaprabhu to hear, uh, number one. And secondly, he was steeped in an in, in, in internal experience that was causing him to say, gopi, gopi. And the implication of it was that he was taking the side of the gopis in a rift between the gopis and Krishna, which is typical, happens pretty much every day. Um, um, and so someone was coming and taking the side of Krishna. So he was upset. So there's an esoteric side to it, if you will, and a, a kind of an exoteric side to it. But anyway, he came out of it and he began to beat that person. And so that student ran away and said, what's good to see? My pundit's gone absolutely mad. He's beating me. So the students got together and they were going to revolt and so forth. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu realized that, that these people are, um, the, the people in general are, will misunderstand me hmm? in terms of my leela for disseminating rag bhakti that I've come to um, do. So, if I distinguish myself from them, the common people, by taking sannyas, then it will create some aishvarya, by which respect will come and a teachable moment will be created. So you can imagine if everybody's wearing white and one guy's wearing saffron, that guy stands out in the crowd. 
It's like everybody's wearing a normal dress and somebody's got a badge on and a you know, uniform stands out. So it was a uniform. And he looked at it as, as, a, as an instrument, a tool, a vehicle, to accomplish uh, one aspect of his um, uh, purpose for descending, to distribute rag bhakti. Hmm? So as a young man, he took sannyas, and that's the beginning of his Madhi Lila, and as we were saying the other night, so much teaching is there, example is there, and he's living the life of a, uh, of a sadhu. And this, of course, is what he promised to the gopis, right, in Rasalila. After he disappeared and then he came back, they asked him, what kind of, what kind of lover are you anyway? And it was an interesting discussion there. And he said, well, actually, the, because you know, we gave everything to you and then you disappeared. Hmm? And she said, well, the, actually, the reason I disappeared was to make your love grow uh, fonder. Hmm? Separation makes the heart grow fonder. And, but I have to admit that seeing the fondness that you have for me, the love that you have for me, that I am driven to want to experience that. Because from my vantage point, it appears to be an experience of rasa that exceeds the limits of my own experience. I, I tell you honestly, I'm frustrated. What can I do? I cannot repay you in kind. I cannot reciprocate equally for the way in which you've approached me. So your love itself is its own reward. Hmm? Indeed, I would like to have that reward, is the idea. But he made a promise that, you know, I will, once in the day of Brahma, I will appear, and your sadhuness, which is the word there, your saintliness, uh, it being the reward, I will become a saint. I will become a sadhu, and I will canvas uh, and glorify you in the world as a sadhu. Hmm? And that's what I'll do to try to make up for it. In other words, I'll make devotees for you. I'll, I'll, I'll become, you become my worshipable deity, and I will uh, uh, make devotees for you, who will be, who you will turn into devotees for me, <laughs> of course. But, uh, so, that's basically the idea there. This is the genesis of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance. Um, and this is the kind of the far-reaching implications of a, of a verse. Um, so, um, so Mahaprabhu became a sannyasi. And as I've said at other times, if you want to become a gopi, you want to become a gopa, you have to become a sadhu. Hmm? That's the teaching. So Mahaprabhu was also showing us you have to become a sadhu. Now, you don't have to take a sannyas formally, but you have to give everything to Krishna. Hmm? Sannyas is giving everything up, but in our school, it's giving everything up to the person to whom it actually belongs. Hmm? Rather than just giving things up, because you found that you couldn't enjoy them yourself, so just give them up. They were troublesome anyway. But we, on our map, we locate to whom they belong. So our sannyas is giving up the false sense of proprietorship over things and returning them to the whom they belong, using them in, in, their, in their service. And we'll use our senses. We'll honor prasadam, for example. 
um, see the beautiful deity, we use our senses, we sing. We're not like monavrata, stop talking, fasting. So it's yukta vairagyam. And it arises, of course, as I often say, out of love. We'll also give up the things that are not favorable for Krishna. But overall, we'll give up the enjoying spirit. And the best way to give up the enjoying spirit is to adopt a serving spirit, which is requires being humble. <laughs> right? So, so that's like, if you, know, if you want to give up the enjoying spirit, that's kind of like, okay, what do I do next? <laughs> but if you, if you take up the serving spirit, then there's no room for the enjoying spirit to enter in. Hmm? It's a very positive, you understand, approach to doing away with the negative. Hmm. So, so this is what we do, and in spirit, therefore, this ideal, uh, if you will, or what re- what renunciation, what sannyasa is about, we all embrace it. Hmm? The power of bhakti is such that you can do it in the context of even having a family. This is extraordinary power of bhakti. If it's really taken advantage of, hmm? then th- th- nothing can be an impediment to it. Hmm? Such is its power. So, you know, you take Bhakti Vinodakura, you couldn't find a more renounced person than he was a father of ten children. Hmm? Worked for the British government. He wrote hundreds of books and songs, and he's the seventh Goswami. <laughs> so, yeah, that's an example. So, if it doesn't happen to you in your household life, it's one thing, but don't think it, it can't. We have the examples. There are other examples too, but this is, of course, a modern example, and he is the He's the you know the kind of the head of our our pari bar, if you will. Hmm? Or, you know we have these two streams, right? Of Dwaita pari bar and Nityananda pari bar coming through Gorkishore and and then and Bhakti uh, Thakur uh, and and they meet in the in the ocean of the compassion of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and then he uh, keeps the flow of the current. Of Bhakti Vinod, which was a preaching outreach current and, and, and interfacing with contemporary society alive and well and flowing in the world. This so, so is kind of what, what we do as a paribar, uh, which is unique amongst the different lineages of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and, uh, and very, um, um, very much uh, something that's endearing. Uh, to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, uh, whether you're a sannyasi or a householder, the, the spirit is the same, but how exactly you conduct yourself will be slightly different. But properly understood, the spirit is the same. Everything belongs to Krishna. So, therefore, my wife belongs to Krishna, my kids belong to Krishna. Hmm. To have that vision and, and to live in, the, in that uh, Bhakti Vinodhaka was a very elevated uh, person, but it's the, the power of Bhakti that um, he could do so. So, um, we have Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was formerly a Gaudiya Sannyasi. Hmm? We have Prabhupada Saraswati, he was formerly a Gaudiya 
sannyasi as well, although this is before the Gaudiya standards of the Sampradaya in terms of etiquette, um, procedure, ritual, mantra, and so forth, were fully established as they were by Sanatana Goswami and um, Kopalata Goswami and Hari Bhakti Vilas. So there's some section, Hari Bhakti Vilas, about sannyas. And the mantra that we um, impart or receive, Pantekit Sannyas, is there in Hari Bhakti Vilas. And it's a different mantra than the mantra that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu received from Keshava Bharati. He received the mantra Tattvamasi, right, which is the thought amongst the Advaitins to be the Mahavakya, one of the supreme sounds that the whole of the um, Upanishads are orbiting around type of sound. And, of course, they interpreted you are that to have a monistic meaning. So, you are God. You are Brahman. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's idea, and it's, I think it's even grammatically better, was uh, you, are, you are his. So, it, it has a theistic uh, implication, ramifications. Now, that said... Mahaprabhu is taking the mantra in that spirit and he's saying, I am his. But he is cultivating the mood of Radha. So he's speaking to Krishna. I'm, I belong to him. Hmm. Right? Something like that. Now, the mantra that has been uh, given in Hari Bhakti Vilas by Sanatana Goswami doesn't say it's not Tattumasi and it's not it's not I am his hmm? but neither are we uh, uh, gopis <laughs> but with regard to Madhurya Rasa for example the spirit of the mantra is that we give Sanatana Prabhu was given is it's a Gopi Bhava mantra so it's I am hers Hmm. Mahaprabhu is not saying I am hers he's Krishna Hmm. he's not trying to serve Radharani he's trying to experience Radharani's position and as he comes into Radharani's position then she belongs to him to Krishna so in effect he's saying I am hers or I'm his as Radha might say for example and we're saying I am hers that is the Radha Dasyam you understand? so in Gaudi Sampradaya the Madhurya Rasa is, is the, uh, is the to, to be Radha Dasyam to be the handmaiden of Radha it's not Sambhog but Tadbhava Sambhog means to want to have a direct relationship with Krishna romantically. But the other type and superior type, from, according to our Acharyas, Rupa Goswami, of Madhurya Rasa is the Tadbhava, which means that you want to attach yourself to the Bhava of Radha. 
and assist her in her samboga with Krishna. So our samboga is to see Krishna united with Radha. And the strategy there, of course, is no one can have more intimate sambhog with union with Krishna than Radha. No competitor can, because every competitor is only a partial manifestation of Radha. And so we attach ourselves to her bhava and serve her, and thus be privy to intimacy as her assistant um, uh, to intimacy that would not be afforded others. Indeed, the, the Manjaris are typically younger, and so they're sometimes called into the love uh, nest, if you will, of Radha and Krishna at times where elder gopis would, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be appropriate for them to be there. They're pre-pubescent, something like that, that's the idea. It's a very peculiar uh, and interesting uh, concept. Now, of course, for the Sakyarasa of, of the um, Priyanarma, then, then there's also a desire for, for Tadbhav, hmm? to have experience of the, the bhava of the gopis, that one might be sympathetic and, and, and gain some sense of experience of what Krishna and Radha are going through and then be able to assist them. Hmm? So the Priyanarma Saka, he has a group leader amongst the cowards, like Subal, and he has a a female, a Yuteshwar and a Yuteshwari, a group leader amongst the the Sakis, hmm? like Radha, Lalita, Vishaka, Subal, uh, Marumangal, Ujwal, they will have these different these group leaders. Uh, so it's a little complicated, but anyway, there's a my point only is that there's a place for this uh, mantra um, to be invoked also by these type of those in pursuance of this type of of bhava. Hmm? They are cowards who are attracted to that. For, for reasons of enhancing their sakirasa and being a friend in ways that other friends could not be of Krishna, assisting him in affairs that uh, others aren't as privy to or uh, interested in, and, and then, uh, especially in his moments of great need to meet with Radha and Radha's need to meet with Krishna. There's nobody in, in Krishna Leela who is better at... Uh, bringing that about than Subal, for example, hmm? when they are. Um, maybe when Radha's mad at Krishna, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, at any rate, um, um, the sannyas mantra, as you can see, is very esoteric. And he says that there. I, he seemed to be saying there's an esoteric side and then there's a Varnashram side. I don't know what he means by the Varnashram side what types of things he's he's talking about um, um, but uh, s- uh, sannyas maybe tends to look a little external 
from a Gaudiya point of view, obviously Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had internal and external reasons for it, as I explained, the genesis of it arose out of both internal and external um, con- concerns. Um, but um, uh, I, sannyas, as I said, essentially means the giving up, or in our case, giving everything to Krishna, and giving up the false enjoying spirit, and everybody is meant to cultivate cultivate this. And um, and and then there is a re, a kind of a, a a renounced order amongst uh, the Godias that um, was established by the Goswamis. The same mantra is given for the Babaji's. I don't know Baba. They don't use the word Babaji anywhere in Hari Bhakti Balas. It's, it's nowhere in the in the in the in the um, Goswami's writings, but it's a, anyway, it's a, it's a good enough term. But uh, Gaudiya, you know, renunciates, and um, uh, I believe Sanatan's, uh, he has, in a general way, he has said the Gaudiyas will wear white. Hmm? When speaking about renunciation, he doesn't say anything different. Hmm? Um, but these are like, these are like details hmm? only. Whether you're ever white or red, and you can attach some esoteric meaning to the color too. That that's all right, and that may help you in your bhajan. Uh, there's ways to do that, whether it be white or or or, or saffron. But um, what happened historically? Then I've given the example of Mahaprabhu was a sannyasi, Prabodhananda was a sars sannyasi. Perhaps. Um, Before he left South India, um, but at any rate, he, or even when he met Mahaprabhu, perhaps um, he was—he's the uncle of Gopal Bhatta Goswami. But uh, later, because you know, in modern times, uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur established an official sannyas order, and he dressed his sannyasis and himself in saffron, like the Gyanis, like the Mayavadis, but also like like the Madhvas and, and like the Ramanujas. And he looked at the Ramanuja Sampradaya and he was really developing a strategy for preaching. And he saw that these, these uh, like uh, the, um, the members of the, um, the Ramakrishna mission, they wore saffron, they sent some missionaries to, you know, America, Vivekananda went, and, and so forth. And, and meanwhile, Christian missionaries were coming to India. So he had this idea, we'll send our missionaries. You know. And, um, and he, he wasn't attached to any particular dress, but he thought they should have a distinguishing uniform. Right? So first idea was to dress them like Catholic priests, Wore black suits in those days and a white collar, with shaved heads and tilak, and he dressed them up like that. And when he came to Vrindavan, uh, he had some of them with him, or he sent some ahead. And the many of the Gaudiya people stoned them. What kind of what kind of thing is this? What kind of Gaudiya? This isn't Gaudiya, based on the dress and so forth. Hmm? So that wasn't very good. That wasn't very thoughtful 
uh, on the part of those who who did that and um, opposed him on the basis of such um, superficial concerns. He had an idea to spread Gaudiya Vaishnavism around the world, and uh, he was prepared to adjust details as he saw fit uh, to do that. And uh, this was the ambition of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, who commissioned him to do that. And so he had took the liberty to experiment. He was a very powerful person, um, and some some people unfortunately criticize him, but they might want to think what what they would say if they were standing next to him. <laughs> uh, he was a very very powerful person. He was drawing people uh, from the educated sectors of the society out of Gandhi's movement to join Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and and they were prepared to be sent all over the world. Um, so they were uh, instilled with a lot of enthusiasm hmm, for such. And uh, the main focus was Nam Sankirtan and, uh, and, and circulating the teachings and so forth. Um, so he was successful in that. Um, when you develop a preaching strategy, then uh, you know, it, 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 yeah, you often have a shelf life, so you have to look at it. Who's the person? Does he have the power to, to do that? I've seen other people develop preaching strategies who didn't have the power to do that, and they weren't very successful. Um, but obviously he did and and brought a lot of attention to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the modern uh, world and his successors as well um, um, and so he created a sannyasa order gave him the same mantra he gave him a different clothes to wear and uh, and distinguished them in a way that in the Indians ultimately I guess they ended up wearing the saffron cloth. I guess he tried a couple things and he settled on that. And that distinguished them within India where they were, the Gaudiya Vaishnavas in Bengal, at least, uh, were struggling with, with, the, with the Smartas, the Advaitavadis and, the, and their religious sector, the Smarta Brahmins and Varnashram, who said that the Brahmanism is superior to Vaishnavism. So there was a famous debate that he went to and he, and, he, and he championed the cause of Vaishnavism established from the scriptures. Vaishnavism transcends Varnashram and Brahmanism and so forth. And So this was his dive of Varnashram because the opposite of that is Asura Varnashram where the Brahmins think that they're superior to Raghunath Das Goswami and that because Raghunath Das Goswami came from a Sudra family, Therefore, he's not allowed to worship the Shalagram Shila. Therefore, he had to get some pebble from Govardhan. That's how they think. And this is this is like they're offending the Rag Marg and a Rag Marg Didi Govardhanji, hmm? and the heart of Raghunathas. The simplicity of his worship was not based on his inability to to do things right, but because the more the heart is involved, the less the externals and the paraphernalia and so forth. Are, are necessary for the ritual. Mahaprabhu held this Govardhan stone. He garlanded himself with the Gunjamala. And his Abhishek in the morning was his tears. He would put this, he would hold the stone and, and chant, weep, and this was his worship. They should be so lucky to, uh, to be engaged in such irregularities of worship. So, 
So this kind of criticisms, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthitaka very much stood up for that. And in one sense, this was the emphasis of Bhakti Vinod when he said, establish the, the dive of Varnashram, you've already begun that. Because he considered that what's going on is Asura Varnashram. And according to the Bhagavatam, and according to the Gita, both, seventh canto of the Bhagavatam, fourth chapter of the Gita, it said the caste is determined by guna and karma, not just by birth. Hmm? You could be born in one family, but you have the guna and the karma, the qualities and the acts of a um, of a Brahmin, so you should be situated and uh, um, accepted as such. And, uh, and also the position of Varnashram in relation to Vaishnavism. And Shuddha Bhakti is... is, is uh, established in the seventh canto of the Bhagavad Prahlad speaking. <laughs> Prahlad, the Asura. Krishna said, among the demons, I am Prahlad. <laughs> We'd rather be a demon like Prahlad than a big Brahmin, proud of our Brahmanism in, in, in Kali Yuga, and uh, an offender of Vaishnavas. That would, that would be very unfortunate position to be in. So, um, so, the dive of Varnashram, in one sense, is like what real Varnashram is. And it's relative to a society where Varnashram is very prominent. And we see also still the shades of this, like in some sectors of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, where, for example, Vaishnavas from, uh, from outside of India are sometimes... Um, How would you say dealt with in a, uh, in a there? Um, there's a prejudice towards them. There's a bias, hmm? um, and there could be on another level, amongst Vaishnavas in the West, there could be a bias towards women. They can't really be Vaishnavas, not not full Vaishnavas, <laughs> something like that. Something, but so. This kind of thing. One thing about my guru Maharaj is he wasn't like that at all. He could come amongst foreign people and and uh, accept what they cooked and offered, and so on. other people wouldn't touch. So, so these are like varnashram type of considerations that that they don't hold up hmm, in light of the strong scriptural statements about the efficacy of nam and uh, Vaishnavism transcending Varnashram and so forth. So you have to understand it's a heavy, it was a heavy climate there. It's still some influences of it we, we, we see. I mean, negative influences in relation to Vaishnavism. Mm-hmm. Um, Bhakti Siddhanta was, was against that. My Guru Maharaj was against that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a real spiritual vision, if you will, um, that they had and and in the context of uh, pursuing such or establishing such, they made some innovations, and so the sannyas is one of those innovations. But um, uh, and some people check sannyas. That's in the Gyanmarg. That, that's not for us. Uh, but um, again, it's the same mantra, and it's the uh, and uh, he thought Bhakti Siddhanta, Well, they'll stand out in India, and they'll look like Ramakrishna people or something, or you know, who are respected. Or like a wait in sannyasi, so people will approach him and then they'll say, I am not Narayana, neither are you. Where the Mayavadis would say, I am a Om Narayan, I'm Narayan. The other guy would go, Om Narayan, me too. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so he said, you know, 
Krishna Matir Astu, Mahaprabhu said. He didn't say, Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. Or I am Narayan. He said, May Krishna bless you. This was his greeting. May Krishna, may Krishna bless you. So our sannyasi would say, May Krishna bless you. Hmm? And uh, I am not Narayan. Neither are you. Let's talk about it. Who we are. So, um, but, but, but wearing the uniform, then, they'd get some respect. Some, they'd be distinguished in the crowd. One time, Bon Marge rode an elephant at the Kuma Mela. <laughs> like the Shankaracharyas would come on an elephant, and people all bow into them, and so forth, and so on. So, so David, well, we'll do. And then people come to us, and we'll say, don't follow them. <laughs> Something like that. So, uh, so it's a you know it was a strategy that he uh, came up with and uh, had considerable um, success with that. Hmm. Um, and so on the one side, and maybe this is what the Maharaj is talking about. On the one side, it's it's like a strategy, kind of a lower side to it. And on the other side as well, the mantra is, is very esoteric and uh, and the implications of it are. Um, very uh, extremely Gaudiya. Hmm? Um, and so, those are some thoughts, at least, on, on the subject. I don't know if I did justice to this question, but I didn't really entirely uh, understand it. Um, I don't think there's really like a Varnashram aspect, but there's like a kind of, yeah, so there are certain things that a sannyasi is supposed to do, uh, conduct himself uh, in certain ways, and I think with the uniform, probably Bhakti's down to instituted some of those things. And, and uh, so they play the role uh, uh, officially and, and so forth. So maybe that, that, that side of it. And, and that's looked at, we look at that then in terms of dissemination. So you can look at it as the two sides of what Mahaprabhu is about. What are the two sides that Mahaprabhu is about, for example? Right, distributing Hari Nam Sankirtan and tasting love of God. It and not like some people think; these two are not separate; they're connected. <laughs> I was reading something that some guy was saying, and he said, "He said, yes. He said there are some people, and they were." Uh, chosen by Mahaprabhu around 1965 to distribute the holy name in the world, around the world. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted that, of course. It's something that he wanted. Uh, but what he really wanted is that everybody would get the Manjari Bhav. And so that wave is yet to come, and, and it will go all over the world. And, and uh, the time will come <clears throat> if it's not here already, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I know there's only a few of you here right now, but uh, those of us who are, you know, the disseminators of that, uh, you know, our day is, is coming, and that's why you're coming to me now, and, uh, and so forth. I, I was appalled by that um, to disconnect, if you will. This wide dissemination. Of course, if you're going to disseminate widely and propagate Namas and Kirtan, the wider your dissemination, you know, the, the less opportunity you're going to have to talk about deeper 
uh, side, that's true. Hmm? But if in the course of your wide dissemination you're giving Nams and Kirtan, and in the case of Prabhupada, you know, he, he wrote so many books, he commented on on the Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Gita, and so on and so forth. There's a lot of Siddhanta there, and he brought us into the whole um, uh, lineage, and you see his disciples even are translating Goswami's books, and so on and so forth. It's all, so it's all coming. There's nothing lacking. Hmm? Uh, and as through broad circulation, people come forward, we're perfectly competent to to, to, to teach them um, the um, the inner side of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Indeed, the Namsan Kirtan is the way in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu entered into the inner life. Hmm? This is what he did. He did Namsan Kirtan, circulating widely, preaching, teaching, Sanatan, converting others, and so forth. And the power of his Sankirtan caused the inner life. Kirtana Prabhavi, Smarana Sobhavi. So by the power of Kirtan, this Smarnam naturally awoke, awake, uh, arose within the power to do so. His mind was arrested, and, and he was taken to the Gambira by the force. The, the effect of Nam Sankirtan. Look at the. Look at the uh, does it uh, sevenfold effect of Namsan Kirtan laid out in Shikshastakam? Is Bhav and Prem not included in that? Mahaprabhu was teaching uh, Namsan Kirtan, right? Uh, what does he say? Chetu Darpana Marjanam Bhava Mahadavaganini Vapanam Shreyakairava Chandrika Bhattarnam Vidyavadu Jivanam Anandam Burivardanam Pratipadam Purnamita Svadanam Sarvatma Snapanam Param Vijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtanam Let there be victory for Krishna Sankirtan all over the world because as a result of Sankirtan all these things will come. Hmm? Then he goes on to explain them in seven successive verses culminating in praying. So to think that well somebody's yeah done wide distribution of Harinam you know that's one thing that's you know okay Mabu yeah he wanted it but really what he wanted was to give the Manjariva so was it that's a separate thing from Namsan Kirtan not according to the Shikshastakam hmm? faith in Nam that's everything Prabhupada came to America at seventy years old and. Um, he had lived in India his whole life, and he landed in New York, or Boston, came to New York, and he was living in the streets, chanting with faith in the Harinam, where he would get his next meal. It wasn't like a system, like in Vrindavan, Babaji's going, you know, people are going to give you kitri, give you chapati, store to door, there's a whole system, there's, there's whole soup kitchens, kitri kitchens, and so forth, you know, for sadhus. There wasn't anything like that in in New York. That's a very incredible thing that he did. And go to the park and sit down and chant. And these crazy people on drugs come around and they converted them, had them give up drugs, shave off their long hairs, and and uh, put on robes. And <laughs> and uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a powerful thing that he did. His faith, his conviction, his guru nishta, 
his faith in his guru and, and, and in Harinam. You can't find, it would be difficult to find an, a more powerful example of Guru Nishta and, and Shraddha in the efficacy of, of Nam, Nam Kirtan. Hmm? And uh, what kind of success he had. There were, there were cities like Vancouver, Canada, north of us here. There was a temple there of 300 devotees of his disciples, and he never went there. He never went there. It was fully functioning. Radha and Krishna deities and going on a care. I mean, sure, some details could be refined and so forth, but he himself talked about, let's boil the milk, let's boil the milk. Hmm? Well, you know, now it's a good time to, for them to boil the milk, Prabhupada's disciples, obviously. Hmm? But he, he didn't leave that out, that's there. So to think, you know, somebody else did that, now I'm going to come and give the esoteric, you know, and you make sure you wear your tilak like this. He's saying, don't wear it like that. Can't have that. Tea. Can't have that. You know, yeah, okay, it's a nice thing. I'm in this party bar, I wear this tea lock, and I'm deep, they're going to wear And Anyway, it's a, it was very interesting to hear this. Uh, to, 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 it was reading, I was reading it actually, this fellow's discourse, because it was, um, it was, had an esoteric sound, but it was so kanishta. Hmm? So Kanishta and, and, and then then coming on bordering on on on, on Aparad. This continuous emphasis. A five hundred year chain, unbroken, sampradaya. Hint hint. Yours the other one's broken over. You know. I mean, it was just pathetic. Um sorry to get off on a, a tangent like that, but um but anyway. Yeah, and this is the uh, uh, something about uh, the sannyas of uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, his his uh, group, and uh, our 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 party bar. Um, and uh, you know, even today, if you go like this, travel like this in the airport, people nod and acknowledge you, and you know, there's some some place for that. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he coined the phrase Bhaktisiddhanta Brihat Murdanga, referring to the, the books, the big drum, and then he uh, described the sannyasis as Jivanta Murdanga, living, living drums, <laughs> going everywhere. They were person Bhagavatams and book Bhagavatam, going hand in hand. Door to door. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a great chapter in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and the in, in, as I say, the innovations that they made, Bhakti Vinod and Bhakti Siddhanta and my Guru Maharaj and so forth, that were were adjusting of details. Whether you wear white cloth or red cloth, this is not going to uh, determine whether you can go to Goloka or not. Even you have Radharaman Goswami's. Uh, with the Vishwambar Goswami, he was in sannyas cloth and uh, red red cloth or saffron cloth. He's one of the, they're the followers of Radharaman of, of um, Gopalbhata Goswami. So it's, it's not just exclusive to us necessarily. Uh, um, Mahaprabhu's own sannyas, as I said, was a preaching strategy. 
So, you know, they, they took some liberty with that to adjust details. And people who think that the details are the substance, then, you know, they take exception. And there are a couple couple areas in which they took some liberty with the Siddhanta. And I, I can't obviously criticize them for that because they were very successful in what they did. But I don't uh, feel that there are, amongst us, the, in the Bhaktivinoda Paribar, persons of that uh, same stature to take that kind of liberty. So we, we, we adjust that a couple things and emphasize the Goswami's teachings on that for good reason. And um, and uh, I think also they, those uh, those that liberty was taken in consideration of the time and circumstances as a preaching strategy. So they have their shelf lives, as I often say. Um, so... Bhaktivinoda Thakur, for example, would say, you know, why, why uh, I have to go here or there to get the Premas in your heart, just chant Hare Krishna, it will come out, you know. So, well, Premas in the heart, that's the Upasadanta, you know, and he's got people involved. And Meanwhile, people are selling, you know, the Prem, you know. If you come to me, then, you know, which means support me, then I'm going to give you a swaroop and, and plant it in your heart, and then, otherwise you're, you're stuck, you're not going to get get anywhere about you know with this kind of counteracting that with a, um, a more kind of universal appeal if you will that uh, by sometimes saying things like it's in your heart chant I heard this other guy um, read sometime some years back also famous guy that uh, devotee that um, uh, Charandas Babaji taught the same thing mm. It's in the heart. Why go in it? You just have to chant it will come out. He was the Nittai Gaur Radesham, which we took except Bhakti Siddhanta's exception to. Yes. Anyway, that's a whole other history. But but it's, it's, it's the, the way in which Bhakti Vinod talked about it was passed down a little bit is, is, is one thing. The way it misunderstood maybe amongst some of his followers and take a hard position on it is, is another thing which is cause for Bringing it back, saying, "Oh, this, this, this is the teaching. The brain is not in the heart. The potential for brain is there." So, and a couple of things like this, all from Bhagunta, you know. So, we don't teach that. So, what are the complaints? <laughs> this, is, this is the day we were talking. About, for those who are listening on the recording, we were talking about this earlier. Some complaints against our. Our party bar. <clears throat> there was. Uh, I'll give the uh, this uh, Radha Raman Goswamis, Cas uh, Goswamis. They, they were pretty good. They were the only group that honored Bhakti Siddhanta when he came for the Braj Mandal Parikram, and. Um, they were Mishvambar Goswami, Chaitanya Goswami. I I knew them. They were um, they were very um, respectful to Prabhupada, and even Mishvambar Goswami came to America, came to some of the temples and helped to teach deity worship, archan details, which they're very good at there. Ramon Temple, they have a very excellent standard of of deity worship. Um, and there was a guy, a kind of a 
talk about the Neo Gaudiya. Uh, I don't know if you want to even give him that much, but uh, uh, this uh, fellow um, and his follower. I forget their names. Um, it's one guy created a place in Texas called New Barsan and was just a deity of Radharani. Yeah, they were really unorthodox. Uh, they weren't in any party bar, but they, him and his follower was a Texas guy. Um, they, uh, Texas guy was an Indian man too, but he went to Texas. Um, they, uh, the one who came to Texas, he went to Chaitanya Goswami whom he knew from earlier times, and they were he was in the Shankar lineage, and so he became a Godia kind of, but he didn't really embrace you know the the much of the teaching protocol and so forth. Anyway, so he, he asked Chaitanya Goswami, who was a scholar, if he would come and teach his students Godia, you know the details of the philosophy. And so Chaitanya Goswami told me, he said he agreed. Uh, he said he has such a big following, he says. He said, uh, but he, he has no no knowledge <laughs> what it actually is Gaudiya Vaishnavism and the Sundaras and so forth. And he said, and well, he, he has good, good karma, but it's all running out. Mm-hmm. He has so much money, he had a lot of money and so forth. And then he said... Um, to me, he said, and he began to criticize Prabhupada And then he said, and I told him, you don't do that here. Hmm? You don't get into Vrindavan and you criticize Prabhupada Don't do that. Hmm? <laughs> the road from the Delhi road return off to Vrindavan, they named it Bhaktivedanta Marg. There's a celebration in the stone put there in the front and the road. Bhaktivedanta Marg, the way to Vrindavan. That was done at the like the, the, the time of the opening of the Krishna Balaram temple and it was kind of the 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 climax really of Prabhupada's mission. Um, from Vrindavan, going to the West, coming back with students, having them accepted, opening the temple with Krishna Balaram on the altar, and now huh, it's time to go back to Godhead. Uh, a couple of years, it's like the tenth. It's like the tenth canto of his Leela, and then there's a couple of years, eleven and twelfth canto. Uh, that happened in 1975, hmm? 76 and 77. So that time they named the road Bhaktivedanta Marg. I mean, it was a. We were a big thing in Vrindavan. Prabhupada was a, was the. Mahant <laughs> of Vrindavan. Uh, I mean, he eclipsed every, everyone. So many students, and with such enthusiasm, the chanting, and people couldn't, you know, um, hadn't seen that. So, so anyway, said you don't criticize him in Vrindavan. <laughs> that was very wise. Uh, so, such is our contribution. All right. What's the time? Seven forty-six. Okay, we'll stop there. Jai. 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 Jai.
को किशोर बाबूजी महाराज की जाए भक्ति विनोद ठाकुर की जाए गौर प्रेमानंदे